Hello, beautiful humans, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Spilling the Tea on Leadership. I'm your friend who has way too much energy when they wake up, Jack Hesser. And I'm your friend who's a no-go until espresso. That's kind of cute. For any first-time listeners, Spilling the Tea on Leadership is a podcast that talks about what does it mean to be a leader and people's different experiences with leadership, centering queer voices. Today, I'm excited to have my part-time co-host, full-time husband, and my favorite human, Derek. Oh, you're so sweet. I know. I know, I planned that. Okay, too much credit. <laughs> we, we always start with an icebreaker here. So Derek, is there any trait or characteristic that you would change about yourself? That could be physical or psychological. Oh, do you want a laundry list or just one item? Just, oh my gosh, no. Just, just like one thing. What's one thing you would change about yourself? Or would you change anything? You know, sometimes I think maybe I would change the amount of uh, reliance I have on emotion and feeling because it causes me a lot of stress in life. But truthfully, as I, you know, ponder what that would mean, I, I think it would remove a piece of who I am. So as much stress as it causes me, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, I feel like the empath part of you is like just so part of who your core is. Yeah, it's the reason I have a core because I have so much stress. Just, <laughs> You're just like working out, work out. <laughs> Um, I thought for me, what I would do, I, I'm a very punctual person. I like being on time is is something that's like weirdly important. Don't laugh at me. It's weirdly important to me. I wish I didn't feel so strongly about that because sometimes I like carry an anxiety. Um, I like if I'm with you know a group of friends and we're running just even a few minutes late, I become so anxious. And you know, and I, I wish that was not the case. That's something that I wish it's more of a psychological trait that I, I, I would change about myself. You know, what's funny is I think both of the things we just mentioned are the points of stress for one another too. And like, I like to be punctual, but I also recognize flexibility and context. So if they are our friends and we're running a few minutes behind, they're probably also running behind. And they're understanding humans. I know that in theory, like, I understand that in theory, right? If we're running a few minutes late to our friend's place, like, that it doesn't matter. I understand that. But I just can't get over the, like, actual feeling of anxiety I have. And I think that probably is from, like, just being on time at an early age was just, like, instilled in me as, like, that's a way you show respect to people. And so that's how I... I still operate, even if it's subconscious at times, where it's like, I know that it's okay that I'm a few minutes late, but in actuality, I'm gonna carry that anxiety. For those who don't know, Derek works as a career curriculum program developer for Kenzie Academy at Southern New Hampshire University. It is really back, nice to have, it's really back. It's really nice to have you back on the mic. Well, thanks, I'm excited to be here and, you know, as you read that title and things, I'm excited to be here and just a year later, almost um, in new spaces. Almost a year to the day since our first our first pod. Meh. That's kind of cute. Uh, so we're talking this month about authenticity. Derek, what is authenticity? You know, I actually looked up the definition of authenticity. When Did you really? I, yeah. It's nowhere in the show notes. Did you? Well, I did that on my own. Look at you. Yeah. So as I was looking up authenticity, I I was like, you know, being authentic means being real, being you. And then I started thinking, well, authenticity is sometimes challenging for people. And why is that? And I think it's because too often we get away from the definition of authenticity. 
And it really is just as simple as being unique and being, you know, if something is authentic, like, oh, this is authentic China, right? Well, that just means that that was the unique item. It's true to what it is. It's consistently showing up for what it's, you know, labeled as. It never steers away from being itself, this real thing. It's only one of a kind. So can an identical twin not be authentic? It can be, they can be authentic. <laughs> well, you just said one of a kind. And so I was, I was... They are still one of a kind. Genetically, there is something about them that makes them different, unique. Well, but genetically, DNA-wise, they would be the same. It'd be the, I mean, experiences that cause them to be different, I guess. Yeah. So they're authentic. Their journeys are authentic. What does it look like for you to be authentic in your work? Um, for me to be authentic, it, it almost inspiring authenticity in others allows me to be authentic. So creating spaces where I show up for who I am or when I recognize I'm not showing up um, as my unique self and being the pieces of me that I, I really value. <clears throat> um, owning that and making sure that others recognize that I do hold that as a super important part of who I am. That's something I really admire about you. I think in so many of the different places in which you um, inhabit like leadership roles, whether it was, you know, our community, like our neighborhood association, whether um, even just among friend group or in professional spaces, one of the advantages, right, uh, especially at the height of the pandemic when we were both working from home was that we did get to, you know, hear each other in our professional capacity, um, is that you do work so hard to make sure that not only are you bringing just who you are 100% into the workplace, but that others are also feeling comfortable and supported in bringing their whole self to the workplace. I think that's really important and, and really special. Yeah, I think sometimes we sacrifice that to um, when we work our way up in the ranks, right, at different positions, or when we find ourselves in context with leaders by, like, job title. And something that I've always tried to push past is this idea of idolizing human beings and starting to really just humanize those individuals, and it allows you to be more authentic in spaces. Because sometimes I can get intimidated when I'm in a meeting with several leadership um, members, leadership team members. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm too quirky for this or, oh, I was too verbose. But really it's, they're also humans who have gone through very similar journeys. And at the core, they're putting on something that's stiff because they feel that they need to, to be a leader versus just being authentically them. I think that marginalized by people, like with people with marginalized identities, I should say, like face that to an even um, bigger degree. Mm -hmm. Because I know, you know, if, if you have a marginalized identity and you're in a space where that is not the norm or where people don't like don't have experience working um, with someone like you, it can be challenging to to even want to show up authentically for fear of repercussion. Um, you worked a lot at IEPY with like employment and um, like student employment specifically, what would you say in terms of your experience working with people and aligning up with employment? What were what are people's concerns about bringing their whole selves to the workplace? Is that something that you encountered a lot? I mean, as you mentioned, marginalized communities typically have a lot more work 
to be done in spaces and it's more emotional labor right of this consistent code switching okay yeah you mean work put upon them like by yeah, yeah, yeah to do yeah, the yeah. code switching yeah, yeah yeah and and it's not work that anybody recognizes they're putting on somebody else and I, truthfully those with privileged identities often just don't even think about it um <clears throat> so we've had a lot of conversation recently in my workplace actually about what that looks like. And as we have, you know, people of color and queer individuals stepping into these capacities, how hard it is to enter a space and without it actually being called out that it's okay to just exist, the amount of work that is being done internally. <clears throat> In fact, one of my um, QPOC uh, oh no, you lost the hairband. I, I know. Fell it up. Fell you got off. too excited there. <laughs> I was too authentic, waving around with my, my hands. Um, I'm going to fly away one of these days, folks. But <clears throat> no, so one of my, my QPOC colleagues actually said out loud, like one of the best things that somebody ever said to me in a space was, you don't have to code switch. Please be yourself. Because sometimes we don't give ourselves permission. And, and I, as as a white gay man, I have a lot of privilege in the queer community, a lot of privilege yeah. in professional spaces. And so leveraging that privilege is super important to create space to say, you don't need to be anything but you. And if there's something we have to work through together because of that, that's okay. Um, but please just exist. Um, it'll get more work done. It'll create better spaces. And I had similar conversations in student employment with students as they navigated the professional realm. One thing that I always, always kind of drives me insane. I think sometimes people use the term like authentic uh, in workplace settings in, in sort of like a, a, a weaponizing way to say people, so, oh, so-and-so's not being authentic or so-and-so, which I think is sort of, I feel loaded because you can't ever truly, right? Like know what an individual's intention is or what their headspace is. And so I don't know, sometimes I struggle with this idea of like what authenticity looks like in work, because if someone say, um, doesn't really care for you very much, but is nice and like treats you with respect and yeah, might go to their friends and be like, I don't like really enjoy that person, but it treats, always treats you with respect in person. I think it's easy to say, oh, that's super inauthentic, but would we rather they just always be, I don't know. I, so sometimes I struggle at what are your, where's your headspace on that? I think we <clears throat> we have to look at authenticity from the lens of one being again unique to who you are versus being authentic meaning you're leaning into this idea that everybody else has of you and you feeling like that's what you have to be so um you don't necessarily have to like someone, right? You don't have to mesh with them. You don't have to, you know, put on a facade, but think about what you value at your core, right? So maybe I personally value um, leaning into joy and being grateful. Well, maybe I don't like somebody we don't mesh, but I can be grateful for something that they do, or I could choose to lean into that part of my value system and take the focus away from whether I like the human or not, or whether they're nice or not. 
um, and accept them for who they are authentically, but know that I'm trying to get the work done and I want to choose to be grateful in this moment. I want to choose to spark joy. I want to be authentically me. And we're just going to focus on that. So, I mean, look, what I hear you talking about is just this idea of, as you're thinking about being authentic in different places, having to really know yourself. So like, there's a lot of reflection involved first in really who you are and what your values are before you can necessarily be comfortable being authentic in in different spaces. Absolutely. I think to be authentic means you have to know what unique thing you are because if, if you don't like how how can you be right we we grow up so often um you mentioned how it was instilled in you that respect comes from being on time well we can take that and use it for a lot of examples i remember i thought i was a big nascar fan back in the day um or you know i was a stand for the oakland raiders at the time now los angeles raiders right maybe I don't know. I don't do sports ball, y'all. But um, I thought that I liked those things, right? Like that was what brought me tons of joy. I had a blast. But no, I don't enjoy those things. I just thought I did because I was told growing up, like, yeah, your family likes this. You do these things. But then once you pull yourself away and you do that reflection and that self-work, you start to recognize, wow, like, no, I like to bake. I like to sing. I like to create art together with people. I like being in community. So you're a stereotype. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I like to be me. And if you don't like it, good thing I'm leaning into gratefulness today and sparking joy. (laughs) Have you ever found yourself in a space professionally or personally where you felt like you couldn't be your authentic self? (laughs) lol are you do you hold a marginalized identity and have been inside of a professional space is that your question yeah absolutely um I think there are so many spaces I know in earlier podcasts I've talked about some pretty toxic workplace cultures and and things of that nature but so often when we get trapped into you know leadership spaces or trapped into just workplaces where it's like focuses on getting the work done versus the person you can often find yourself like not wanting to just lean into all components of you or if you see that your identities are not represented in spaces it's harder um, because you have to be the brave one to put yourself out there and exist for who you are who you're unique being is I think it's that's also challenging because on the one hand it's it's easy for me to say oh you have, you have to find your allies right like you have to have sort of um you know a network of powers so that you have that sense of security let's say you have a, a really terrible toxic boss um or relationship and so like in order to be able to fight fight back against that you really do have to have like a network of, of support in that space so whether that's your coworkers or your friends etc but having just said that i think it can also be scary to reach out and find those allies because especially if you're in a space where you don't know how other people feel it can be really intimidating and you know you run the risk of doing more damage 
um, or well, I shouldn't say doing more damage, but like putting yourself in a more compromising position by bringing your authentic self. Yeah, there there is an elevated level of risk um, for folks in marginalized communities as well, right? Where it's it's harmful psychologically and emotionally. It, it's extremely taxing. And I'm speaking from things that folks have shared with me outside of just the queer community, right? Where to be authentic is to be brave and mm. to relentlessly lean into creating space for others to be authentic as well so that you break down some of those barriers. Um, I think, as I, as I think about work, there are so many spaces where people don't prioritize authenticity or they speak it. Oh yeah. Or they'll say it. And then like, and then you, you know, say your mind about something and they're like, Oh no, not like that. Or like you have a bad, like you're having a bad day. And so like, naturally you're like, Hey, you know, sorry. I'm like a little less energy today. I'm in a bad mood. And they'll be quick to be like, well, fix it. Especially I all, all the time as a teacher, people will always be like, leave it at the car, you know, you can't bring that into this space. The students deserve better. And yes, I don't think I should, you know, be yelling at kids, but like, I don't think it, it's helpful to be, you know, super fake in front of the students. Cause I think that they also like students feel that. And so sometimes, especially in education, we, we definitely perpetuate a lot of toxic, like toxic positivity mm-hmm. and this idea of be your authentic self until your authentic self isn't happy and positive and willing to give everything and then be less of that self. Yeah. And, you know, being authentic doesn't mean there isn't space for growth too, right? So some folks have to learn, for instance, me, being authentic means leaning into my emotions, right? And using my emotions as a guide. If I know in a moment that I'm not in a space to talk to somebody about a deep topic, I have to own that. And and just say that and ask for the grace to yeah. lean into who you are authentically. And you might not always get it. I mean, I think it's it's valid. It's hard to say, but like it's valid to know that your authenticity does not absolve you from consequence. Like be your authentic self because and then and be brave enough to be your authentic self. But just being your authentic self doesn't absolve you from, from consequence. Like if your authentic self is to always be very direct, let's say. And, and you say something that has the impact of like hurting someone's feelings, you're not absolved from that just because, well, I was being my authentic self. Like you have to acknowledge that you're going to have an impact on other people, regardless of your intention. Now, does that mean that you should be fake? No, but you have to be able to navigate. Okay, cool. Like this is who I am. These are like what I believe in my core. But also if, if I value relationships, if I value these other like core things um, with other people, how can I show them respect or how can I engage with them in a way that I can still remain true to who I am, but that I'm not bringing others down? As you tie it to leadership too, you have to think about that in the context of what does it mean to lead? And a key element of leadership and a key skill is inspiring others to achieve a common goal. And in order to do that, you have to own what you you being authentic is and ask yourself, how do I inspire that authenticity in somebody else? Because the foundation of motivation 
is a freedom to achieve, a freedom to see that you have potential and to lean into that. And you can only do that by inspiring authenticity in others while demonstrating that yourself. So important in leadership roles, whether that leadership role is like formal in your workplace or whether it's just kind of the informal leadership you have in your group of friends, but making sure other people feel comfortable and safe to be brave enough to bring their whole selves to that. And also acknowledging that, you know, you're not going to do everything right. And I think that's a really, that's a really hard part of if you're a leader who, you know, is brave and is leading with authenticity and trying to create safe spaces, that doesn't mean that in creating that safe space that you will be absolved from consequence or retribution, because it could be that, and this is a good thing, in creating those those safe and, and brave spaces that people are going to question or like call things out that you've done. And that's actually good, even though that kind of initial tendency can be to be like, what? No, yeah. <laughs> no, go back to not criticizing me. I, I'm glad that you brought up like friend friends and how this trickles all over our lives. <clears throat> and it's really awesome to find the people who align with you and can help fo- carry forward that mission, right? Of inspiring authenticity. Not only do you need allies for your own emotional supports to be your authentic self, but you have to be a leader. And that's something that I really value about our relationship is without question, I know that you and I will inspire others to be authentic and mm-hmm. we'll create spaces that allow for that while also being open to that challenge that you mentioned so that we can grow together um, and we can challenge one another to make sure that in our different spaces, we we are a united front and an authentic front. Yes, I love you. I love you. Um, okay, I wanna go to our, our trivia. Trivia! Hey. You gotta look away from the screen though because oh, I, okay. I had to hide this in a separate tab so you wouldn't see the question. Look away. look away. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. All right, here is your trivia question. I can't see. According, you don't need to, you just gotta listen. Oh. <laughs> According to Wilfrid Lawyer University research, how many months does it take for most people, when I say most people, I'm talking about more than 70%, to feel authentic at work? So how many months does it take for people to feel authentic or feel like they can be authentic at the workplace? Six months. So your final answer? I, I don't know, Regis, do I phone a friend? Six months. <laughs> Incorrect. Actually, for most people, it's two to three months. Oh, Isn't that great? You can stop covering your eyes now. I just oh, told you the okay. answer. Sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't know if there was more than one. No, for, for uh, most people, it takes around two to three months uh, before they can feel authentic in the workplace. But actually, what's wild is that there are still so many people who still don't feel like they are able to be authentic in the workplace. Um, a 2021 study by the Simmons University, and I said this on the last podcast, but shows that about about a third, 29% of people don't feel like they're able to ever be authentic in their work environment, which is which is wild and sad. Again, the most effective leaders will inspire authenticity. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining me here on Spilling the Tea on Leadership. How can people stay connected or hear more from you, Derek? Yeah, if you want to get connected, I am not super active on social media, but I do respond to outreach. So feel free to Facebook me at Derek Savick Hesser, or you can find me at DSavster on Twitter and Instagram. Not the Facebook. Uh, What is part of your leadership journey (laughs) that you're really excited for in 2022? You know, I'm eager to lean into a new role um, and really work with a small, smaller intimate team um, to 
inspire and transform this career development program um, at Kinsey. So super stoked. Mm, I love you. Follow, follow Derek on all forms of social media and feel free to follow me on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, whatever at Jack McHare. Thanks so much for joining us. Keep shining. And make good life choices.